what I really want to do in life is, is being an entrepreneur. Um, I'd, uh, I was lucky enough to, to work in company that uh, they leave me a lot of, uh, you know, um, freedom and a lot of opportunity. So being a manager, but the same approach to, you know, to new project, a new idea, and, and also to, to budget and money like, uh, like being an entrepreneur. So let's say for me it was a you know was 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 a long journey because I became I, I started my entrepreneur uh, let's say experience only at at fourteen that is kind of I mean, you almost like feel that you are kind of old. You're listening to Empowered Podcast with Patrick McGuire as he has empowered conversations with great people doing great things and helping others. Join us at empoweredpodcast.ca. Hello, my friends. It's Patrick McGuire with Empowered Podcast. I'm pretty fired up. As with most guests, I get excited, but this one's probably got me way more excited and I'm going to try and stay calm and cool so I don't blow the mic out. But this got me so excited because it's in an industry that I love. I've come to love and just, it's not that long ago. Some, I used to be a meathead bodybuilder. I played hockey at a pretty high level, played high level football, but I came to fall in love with cycling and I like mountain biking and racing with my friends that brought me back into the sport. I used to ride just for fun in high school and university. And then my friends, when I was really a little heavy and overweight from powerlifting and bodybuilding, said I should come out and race with them. And I thought, that's absurd. And I fell in love with racing mountain bikes again. And then after quite a few years, I won't say how many, a couple of my guys that I hang out with said, hey, Pat, you should come for a bike ride with us. And I said, oh, I don't have a road bike. Why don't you come mountain biking? And immediately one of the guys says, hey, I've got a spare you can borrow. So I got sucked into that world and I became a road cyclist almost overnight. Within the first year, I used his bike every single weekend. I went and borrowed it from him and took it away for a few days. It was addictive. It was crazy. And as an entrepreneur, it's very easy to get addicted to new ideas and opportunities. I bought my first road bike from my cousin who owns a, an amazing bike shop. He's one of the best mechanic tune-up guys I've ever had in my life. He sells and actually makes his own bikes from scratch. It's pretty cool, but that's also why I'm so excited for what's happening with this conversation. I've been waiting for this conversation since I found about this company. I've been hoping to get this conversation because I really like what's going on with you dog. We'll talk about you dog in a minute, but this guy that I want to talk about, he's really done the same thing I have. He came from that sort of business analyst background, embraced the entrepreneurial life got into his cycling first, obviously during this journey. And as he says, I've been cycling and really committed to the road cycling industry for over 15 years. We'll talk about that more, but I'm excited for this conversation with my new friend, Alberto Fonte. Alberto, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Patrick. That's my pleasure. And thanks for, for having me. Good. This is great. I, again, I'm so excited, Alberto, because I think you dog, you <laughs> are giving a fresh approach to cycling again, and we're getting something new. So I like what you're doing and I'm really impressed with your shoes and the technology. And I don't want to make this a, a product plug type conversation. I want to talk about you, the entrepreneur, the business owner, the operator, as well as the products. So first of all, I love what you're doing. We talked about it. I'm getting my kit. I'm getting my shoes. We're going to take care of that. I'm going to promote and excite uh, 
other people around Canada, if not the world, with you, Dog. But Alberto, I'm curious. Let's just jump around a little bit. You started with Accenture as a business analyst. That was a long time ago. What did you do there? Yeah, it was a long time ago. And actually, yeah, I did it. You know what? I want, always wanted to be, when I was young, to be like an athlete, a cyclist, or even a, a car driver, car racer. But uh, yeah, I simply don't have the talent to do Ooh. it. So at certain point of my life, I did have to study. So yeah, I studied, you know, university. I took a bachelor degree. I took a master's degree. And finally, when the, I ended my study, I said, okay, what now? What I'm going to do? And so the, back at the time, so it was, yeah, almost 20 years ago, the normal path, yeah. let's say the standard path was to enter in a um, consultant and, uh, and start from there. And so that's what I did. Uh, look at the uh, center was a great platform. A consultant company mm-hmm. was doing everything. I was the first to approach the IT. That, so it was 20 years ago that now is their main business, but at the time it was strategy organization and a bit of IT. Yeah, I, I joined Accenture and that was, yeah, it was a great time. It was 2004 and um, 2003. And uh, yeah, the three years that I really enjoyed that, I, mean, I did enjoy that, that part of that part of the life. The, what, what was what was strange at the time, if I look back now, was the fact that I was Waking up very early in the morning or being very late in the evening to train cycling, of course, to get the chance during the weekend to ride a race with my friends that were faster than me, fitter than me, and had more time to train. And during the day, I was wearing my suit and tie and just, yeah, that was just fun. It was a great, was a great experience, to be honest. Yeah, I remember that actually. Those days for me was I was building an HR tech firm, a company with HR software, a SaaS product in the cloud. We actually did some work with not you, but with some Accenture people. And I remember coming home from a flight landing with my business partner and he drove me and dropped me off at a place, an escarpment here in in our area called Kelso for a mountain bike race. I got there late. My family met me there. My wife and one kid at the time met me there with my bike. I literally changed in the parking lot. I hopped on the bike and I raced and I had to try and catch up to my group that went out about 15 minutes ahead. And granted, I'm not that good. I still caught some of them, but I was pretty much at the back of the pack. So I know what you mean. You wear the shirt and tie so you can live on the road or on the mountains later on on your bike. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Obviously people have Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to say, I recognize that people probably figured out that we've got a little bit of a lag and we've got a little bit of an accent. I'm the Canadian kid and Alberto's in Italy. He's been in Milan and he's been all over. So (laughs) go ahead, Alberto. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, you can spot my accent. So that's that's where I am, uh, where I come from. So I'm uh, lucky enough to travel the world and barely speak English, but I just keep my Italian accent, and that's what I'm proud of. And it sounds beautiful, my friend. <laughs> Alberto, how did you go from 
Accenture to Physique, which is a great brand in cycling? Uh, being honest by chance, as I told you, I was passionate about cycling and racing during the weekend. So um, really by chance, uh, I had the opportunity to add an interview at uh, Celeroya Group at the time, was uh, 2007. And uh, yeah, and that this, this position in, in physique that was the, the very first employee at, uh, at physique, the, the full-time employee, let's say, at uh, physique at the time, like it is today, Physique uh, wow. is a brand of Celeroyal as a company. And so, yeah, I've, I've been the full time, the only one, because all the other, my former colleagues, they were at the time still working for the different brands inside the Celeroyal group, Royal and, and Brooks. And, and mm. when, I, when I entered, we started different, the company started different organizations. So having more people focus uh, on on the brand, so having more yeah brand managers, brand employees, so I was the very first uh, yeah uh, person to enter uh, in physique. At the time, physique was just a saddle company, already very well recognized, especially at what we call uh, OE. So meaning that the majority of the business was yeah designing, producing, and selling saddles to the bike manufacturer. We had a great relation with Cannondale yes. at the time and with other European strong brands. And it was clear since I joined the company that, I mean, the company vision was to become more and more, uh, first of all, an aftermarket brand. So a brand that not the bike product manager was was speaking, but the end consumer was speaking. So trying to, yeah, to have a more direct-to-market strategy. And the vision and the goal was to become one day a racing brand. So not only a saddle brand, but more product categories. And that's what basically we have done in a beautiful and long journey that for me was nine years because I yes. yeah, I started as a very junior sales manager and the past three years I've been yeah, the brand manager for the responsible of the, of the brand and was, yeah, I would say beautiful and long journey. I love it. And I will just be honest, um, since you were part of it, I'm not saying it because you're part of it. I'm going to let you know that my favorite mountain bike, actually, I really love the one I have now, but my favorite mountain bike when I first got it was a Cannondale Rush with a lefty fork and a physique saddle. And it was all black and I loved it. And today my road bike, I have a physique saddle as well, physique Arione. And I have my physique mountain bike shoes. I never checked if my lakes, I think lakes were under the Selle brand at one time. I'm not sure. I have to check that one out. My lake road shoes and, and I'm getting my U-dogs very soon. But I love the physique brand and I didn't know that they were really not sure if they were going to go to racing, but they had a vision to be the racing brand. And that's exciting for me to learn that you were part of employee number one of a startup within Selle Royale. So that's pretty cool. Now, you went somewhere else after that, that most cycling people know. You went to Pinarello. Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's another important uh, yeah, milestone in my um, humble career. That's, uh, that's Pinarello. I've been, uh, yeah, for a couple of years, sales director at, at a company and especially a brand that everybody for is always mm -hmm. said that I got the meaning of what is a powerful brand because of 
any kind of uh, table you are seated uh, with any kind of person that might be cyclist or most of the time are not cyclist people that are passionate about okay bodybuilder in Italy especially football <laughs> and everybody in every, any age and uh, in every latitude everybody knows Pinarello so that's uh, that's what the, 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 the heritage yes. and the brand that a lot of people has been able to build over the past uh, eight years it's really compelling and it's a company that um, yeah I learned a lot and was really a fantastic let's say adventure even though I was I was not in the, in the very very um, moment uh, in not only in Pinarello but in cycling because when I joined Pinarello was the time that Pinarello has been sold to the um, LVMH investors so it was a big buzz in cycling the fact that Louis Ton so uh, was the very first private equity that was getting into the cycling industry so there was it was a lot of uh, pressure and a lot Amazing. of attention into this investment and yeah it was very nice yeah I always remember that uh, I had nine interviews to get uh, to get the job, so it was it was really a, a, a very long. It was I mean, wow! Don't expect something like that from a company that uh, they know you already. They already we were anyway already in contact. That yeah, had, uh, nine interviews. That that was a kind of unique. Nine. That's a lot of interviews for, and it was a great job, but they found the right guy for the job. And that's why you had to do nine interviews, not 10. <laughs> probably yes. Probably yes. <laughs> now I won't spend much time on Cask. I know you were the sales and marketing director at Cask. You've clearly, were just talking about how you've had a lot of years of sales and marketing, but you come from an analytical background and consulting background with Accenture. Everything builds up to what we are talking about today, what I'm really excited about with you, Dog. I want you to tell me a little bit about why you decided to develop your own shoes and why you decided to become an entrepreneur and start you, Dog. What made you decide to become an entrepreneur at you, Dog? Bah, first of all, um... On back of my mind, there was my dream since I was kids. Many times I thought about, do I really am a, a manager, even a good manager, or uh, on, on, on my DNA, mm-hmm. I am an entrepreneur. And um, for a few years, I said, okay, I'm doing quite well, the, the manager role, so let's stick to that. On back of my mind, I always felt that uh, what I really want to do in life is being an entrepreneur. I, I was lucky enough to, to work in company that they leave me a lot of, you know, um, freedom and a lot of opportunities. So being a manager, but the same approach to, to new project, a new idea, and, and also to budget and money like being an entrepreneur. So let's say for me, it was a, it was a long journey because I became, I, I started my, let's say, experience only at, at 14. That is, you almost like, that you are old but what i'm doing now i could not have done 15 years ago the level of experience of knowledge and network that permit now to start udog and and make udog what is today and what will be in the future that will not have been possible 15 years ago so from from my side what i really wanted and what i really dream and from the other being patient collect knowledge, connect expertise, uh, build the network, and uh, and also learn how to be the brand, how to be the community, how to make shoes, uh, cycling shoes. And, and a year and a half ago, and uh, everything like uh, 
sum up and basically in one week I decide, okay, this is now, now, now or never, so let's go. And, and that basically has been the process. That is amazing. And, and to think that you did this a year and a half ago, you said, that's it. I'm 100% all in. dog is going to happen, whether people like it or not. You did that during pandemic, during a stressed situation globally. I think that's amazing. Were you a little bit scared? Yes, of course. Still, I am. Let's say I think it's part of being an entrepreneur, right? So you are always a bit scared, even if excited. So there is always this mix of stress and excitement that is a beautiful balance. Being, being really honest, yeah. cycle industry is one, one of those industries that's been positive affected by the pandemic. So beside the very first yes. month of lockdown of certain, the cycle industry has been, the COVID has been, the pandemic very beneficial for all the companies in cycle industry and the cycle industry in general. So that gave me of, um, yeah, of trust on that. Moreover, what we learned during the pandemic is what we are doing right now. So the, the fact that you can connect and you can work remote. And this is for a startup is a huge benefit because not traveling, able to cut the cost of travel and accommodation, it is, is a good benefit for a startup. And, and the fact that during the pandemic, some of the digital technology really moved forward very quickly and gave also the, yeah, the trust to start this kind of business. So let's say the pandemic really helped me that to take amazing. this decision rather than, rather than break, rather than slow me down. I like that. Hey, folks, think about that. If you're an entrepreneur, instead of looking at the problems that are you're facing, look at the opportunity that it's creating. It, as Alberto said, it, it helped fast track his entrepreneurship journey to launch the company during a stressed situation into an industry that he loves and is passionate about and to do something different into an industry that is actually growing. Alberto said growing cycling has grown a, ma a massive amount in the last two years. Now, Alberto, I can relate. I, one of my shifters on my, not to call out brands, but one of my shifters literally exploded. It was a left shifter. The mechanism was broken inside and it took me almost two months to be able to get a lower grade group set. So I got 105s to put on my road bike. It took two months to be able to get them here during this whole situation because supply chain was challenged. But you launched a brand during this thing and, and not just a brand, but actual physical products like your shoes and you've got carbon and you've got physical materials and you've got laces and you've got mesh. You have a lot of things in your shoes were you, were you impacted? Was there a challenge being able to build the first set of shoes at production scale and get them out the door? Yeah, it was. Of course, everything now, <laughs> as you mentioned, especially in cycling, there is a lack of, uh, yeah, there's a big problem of supply chain and it is difficult to get the right product at the right time. But I mean, we work, I've been, I will always say lucky and good to be a group of not only people that work with me, but also suppliers and external consultant and a group of people, a network of people that really helped me out. One of the pitch I have for presenting the, the, 
the project when it was just a project uh, to the banks or to the investor is that uh, UDOG is a mm-hmm. matter of building a network uh, of the best professional in cycling industry get together to make UDOG successful. So being that the base, uh, we, have been this, we have been able to arrive to the final product. Yeah, yeah, we have been able to arrive to the final product that, I mean, match term of quality and performance or, the, I mean, the, the best in class. And uh, yeah, yeah. In, they say, of course, the performance and the quality are the best in class where we have been able to succeed is the, the time to market. Because uh, we have the same expertise and yeah. the same knowledge of the big companies because of, because of my experience and the experience of the other partners that work with me. But with, with the speed of a startup and so, and with the, with the grit, with, and with, the, and let's say, yeah, and with the being brave uh, and the wish to succeed of, uh, of an entrepreneur of a startup and not a huge company. So the, the time to market, the speed has been uh, a key element of make this in, in such a short period of time. And Alberto, those are beautiful shoes. I look at them online. I love seeing them in your hands. <laughs> you have something really interesting there. You've got that black strap. I know cycling shoes very well. Mine are full carbon fiber with kangaroo leathers, totally molded to my foot. But sometimes they're not the most comfortable and sometimes there's something you know lacking. What's that black strap in the middle? And Help us understand what the technology is or why you put that there. Yeah, a few elements. The first element that I wanted to go for the lace-up closure system that is a kind of, not unique, but it's a minority in cycling shoe today because the the majority of the shoes are using rotors. So first of all, I wanted to be different. I want to target a niche. And of course, I don't want to, you know, I don't even feel that Shimano or Specialized or Physique are competitors of mine. So what we, you dog, we wanted to, to target. Ooh, big so statement. we wanted to work. Yeah, let's, for the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and so we went for the lace-up construction. I see, we see, basically we see a space because the majority of the lace-up cycling shoes are really the design is really towards the area of the ladder is looking to to shoes that uh, are similar to the one used by the big heroes of the past copy and that that part mm-hmm. of cycling instead we wanted to have a shoe that is is a lace up shoes but using the ultimate technology and the most innovative materials and they look like running shoes. They look like uh, football boots, like soccer boots. So we yes. want to put on lace-up clothes, the best material we can get. And this uh, right away is a, is, is a kind, is a topic that differentiates U-Dog from, from the other shoes. During the design process, basically, we realized that this part, the fact that uh, we can create uh, what we call tension wrap system, basically a system of laces, of tensors, that goes underneath the the insole and over the outsole. This way, basically, you can wrap. Basically, you can hold your your foot from the bottom up because these tensors basically we cut the upper from from a side to the other, and we pass these tensors through the upper. This way, you really wrap your foot that for a normal shoe, from a sneaker or from a normal shoe, doesn't make a lot of sense. 
But when you look at the, the gesture of pedaling, the fact that uh, with the pedal, uh, with your foot, you, you, you push and pull as much as you can, this quickly became a, a point of a great feature for cycling. So having a shoe that really follow your foot from the bottom to the top is a great is a great value we tested hard we make uh, i mean thousands of hours of testing and hours of, <laughs> of, of developing and try different materials and and finally we arrive at the point that uh, this system works very well and provide a great feeling a great really the the feeling you have on your foot is really nice not only from a performance point of view, but even from a comfort point of view, because you feel that, I mean, your foot is completely wrapped uh, into the shoe. And it's beautiful. It is beautiful shoe. It's stylish. It's classic. And yet it's new. And uh, I totally understand where you're going. And you're right. It's a different market, a different buyer than the Shimano going after the, the fastest of the fast, the biggest racer. And the lace-ups, they're more comfortable in general. So I, I really like what you're doing with that. And I think, again, it's a beautiful shoe. I really like it. What I want to say, though, is for the entrepreneurs that are listening, for the business owners, for those that are trying to create something new, did you hear what he said? He went through thousands and thousands of iterations and versions and trials and errors to get the right shoe that not only looked classic and stylish, but actually had new technology that would work and would deliver results. So that is the, as Alberto said many times, he's got that entrepreneur inside of him. That is what an entrepreneur does. It's trial and error until you find what works that you can be passionate about. And Alberto, I know you're super, super passionate about UDog. Tell me about UDog, why you called it UDog, what does it stand for? And why did you decide to call it UDog? So U-Dog stands for underdog. So sounds sounds strange, yeah, but it's Love an Italian it. company with, as you can feel <laughs> and, uh, here from an, an Italian guy um, with an English expression. I don't know when it came out, a few years ago. And uh, this, this expression, the underdog expression, that from different, and I will tell you in a minute, from different aspects, really, uh, I fall in love with that. I mean, from a business point of view, first of all, from an entrepreneurship point of view, I feel uh, even if I have expertise and uh, I feel I have a strong uh, background and a strong idea, I actually feel like uh, an underdog. Yeah. Being the last, uh, being uh, coming from a region where here in Veneto, where we have the most important heritage uh, cycling companies, I consider that this Campagnolo is a 25 minutes from where I'm sitting now. Beautiful coming, as wow. you say, Pinarello, Villier, I mean, uh, Celle Royale, of course, Celle Italia, Sidi, Northwave, Gaern, I mean, all the, I mean, they are these beautiful companies that really built the cycle industry over the past uh, 50 years. And, uh, and I feel like an underdog to, to create a startup right here, right now, during the pandemic, uh, try to, to beat the odds. So, that is from a um, yeah from a business point of view what I feel. Other than that, I like the underdog expression in, in sport in general. And uh, I mean, yes, that's it is clear that uh, in sport, every the majority of the people cheers for the underdog, especially in, in a competition. It is normal to step aside of, of the underdog. 
And the last point is, I think, is a, is a terminology, is, is a meaning is very much connected to cycling. Many conversations with people like you, with, with amateurs, with strong, with beginners, and even with a lot of uh, pro athletes that, yeah, my friends, and even listen to, to some interviews. It's very difficult in cycling to, to urge someone, they say, okay, I'm a champion. I'm going to win today. Or someone mm. that is going to a group ride, okay, today I'm the strongest. Or when you are at the bottom of that yeah. long climb, you always feel like a bit of underdog. If you train well, you are fit, you have a good diet, you have a good sleep, you always feel a bit unprepared. Then if you have a good day, you pre- well yes. prepare. You, you, you have a good day and probably you drop uh, your, your mates. Uh, but we always feel a bit of underdog. Any kind of level, any kind of rides might be the most important stage of the Tour de France or just the Saturday group ride with a friend. We always feel a bit of underdog. So I think that this name and this concept apply very well to, to cycling. And this is also what yeah, I want yeah, to bring to the market, to bring to the people more than the market. I like it. And and Alberto, you touched on two things that bring hit home for me is not anybody other than maybe Matthew Vanderpoel or Tadej Pogacar <laughs> will say, I'm the champion. I'm going to win today. Most of us are underdogs, even if we're the best in whatever category, cat one, two, three racing or amateur racing. None of us walk out and say, I'm the best and I'm going to win and I deserve to win. And the other thing you said was that we always feel like an underdog at a certain point in the ride. Unfortunately, you mentioned the big, long climb. Oh, I'm a big boy and I got a lot of power. I am the climbing underdog of the world. But if you catch me on the flats or the downhill, I got your number. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's good. And so you dog, just to help people understand, you dog is a passion project. U-Dog is focused on shoes, but you do have some kit and apparel for the U-Dog Cycling Club. It's like a global cycling club that's starting to grow and there's probably a lot of interest. I like that you're talking about shoes that are super high technology, super high style and classic, but you're making them for everyone who is passionate about cycling like you are and me. And why did you create the U-Dog Club? How does that work? What is it? And how does that work out for people like us? Yeah. That's a good question. What I realized when we started the project was that the, start that the majority of the companies start from a product, the capability to produce or to design a product. If you are good, out of this capability, you create a brand. And then some yes. of the companies that are really good, they can create a community. So the traditional path is... Product expertise, creating a, a brand and building a community. This is the normal path. What okay. you dog, what we, we have yeah. tried to, to do this year is uh, to approach uh, in uh, vice versa. So we start basically building the community. And to build the community, we start to create a cycling club. So starting small, but with the aim to become big. So first of all, we start with the community. After that, we start creating the brand, meaning having the logo, having the kids, so promoting the kids, the brand out. So 
let people understand that UDOG is not just a club, it's just a community or a collective, but it's actually yeah. a brand that is building a community. Knowing that in you know, 12 months' time, we would have arrived to present the product. Yeah, this is also the reason. And during the journey, we realized that uh, the fact that to create a cycling club that is a global cycling club, uh, that is a club that we are not getting money out of it, but it's just for the pure purpose to create a community, a passionate community. Actually, just trying was a kind of a good idea. And so he said, okay, why not? Let's focus on that also. And let's work on that because this can create something cool. Well, I like that. It does take a community and cycling. It's one of those really interesting communities where amateurs and pros and everybody in between would love to go for a ride and grab a coffee. One of my favorite things is coffee and a butter tart. I will ride anywhere for coffee and a butter tart. Done. <laughs> but I love the community of the guys and girls that sit around having that coffee and chat at 70 kilometers midpoint. And then afterwards you get home 100, 150, whatever you end up doing, even if it's 50 or 20s, we stop for coffee and, and just hang out. I love that community. And I like what you dog is saying is it's community first in a very passionate cycling community. And we're building a great product and brand to go with it. That's pretty exciting. It makes a lot of sense. And hey, being being Italian, you live the life. You're a passionate guy. Italians are passionate and they're all about people. And you happen to like cycling and coffee? That sounds so Italian to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, exactly. And it's one of the points I like to, to mention is the fact that um, one of the points of differentiation, no? uh, that's, I think it's, it's good to have this conversation. No? Many times I have the, the, in front of investors, banks, or others say, okay, they say, but okay, what is the point of differentiation between UDOG and other uh, shoe companies, cycling shoe companies? I mean, why do they have to buy your shoe? And beside the, the product itself, what is different? And I always pointed. I, I, in in humble way, not in an arrogant way, but uh, knowing very well the, the network and knowing very well the cycling industry, I would say one point is the authentic, authentic uh, with the cycling community, be authentic with, with the cyclist and know what you're doing because you are the first to do things, to ride a bike, uh, to meet with people, to go for the coffee stop uh, on a Saturday and Sunday and not and being somewhere else doing something else the fact that you uh, dog is a uh, you know is a passionate cyclist uh, designing uh, smart shoes to better ride yeah 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 what is different I mean, you guys are community focused you're passion driven you're not just trying to sell a product you're trying to I think, sell a lifestyle that we as, as cyclists, I, I call myself a cyclist. I ride a lot. I'm actually riding an hour a day for the next 30 days at a low cadence in the basement while I wait for the weather to warm up. But you're not selling a product. You're selling a lifestyle. It just happens to have a great shoe that you're passionate about. Thinking back to it, if you had to start all over again, I know it's still really young in the U-Dog journey. But if you went back and said, I'm going to start a company. Would you do it again? Yeah, 
Yeah, 100%. I, I would yeah, try I to can start tell. earlier, but I, I will, sometimes, I, as I start, as I told you a few minutes ago, I sometimes ask myself, why did I not start before? Yeah, yes. 100%, I will do it. If possible, I will, I will start before, but knowing that uh, there are certain things that might have happened in my journey that, that is, is good like this. Yeah, but I'm living the most, uh, even as a, even as a, I will call it again still a startup. So with the certainty and with the, the it's not. I mean, it's not a huge company that is here since fifteen years. So I'm living the most exciting times of my life. So I will do it again and again. I love it, and we're going to spend more time talking for sure, folks. I am going to be a U-Dog advocate here on out. I was before I got this opportunity to talk with Alberto. I love what you're doing. We've seen brands and you talked about a few, you worked at a few of them. Pinarello going from almost very small, almost unknown, except for an elite group of people growing into one of the biggest brands out there. Sele, of course, Sele has done a great job from the day they started, long history, but also looking at cask helmets, things that you've done, physique being one of the very first ones at physique. It's exciting to see their growth and know where they've gone and knowing that you dog can do the same. And I might even say we've seen brands like Rafa, Rafa being a clothing apparel brand for the cycling world, go from almost nothing just a few years ago to being one of the premier brands sponsoring premier elite and world and tour continental teams. And yet Everybody wants to wrap a product these days, it seems. I only have Rafa socks, just so we all know. No offense, I like Rafa, it looks cool. But U-Dog is one of those brands that's really passionate about the community, focus on the footwear, but happens to have some incredible, beautiful, classic, and you said classic about the shoes, but classic kits. And I'm so excited for the future of U-Dog and where you're going, Alberto. And I would say the company wouldn't exist without you. But at the same time, your passion and your experience, the company wouldn't exist the way it does today without you. And yet I know you're going to do great things in the industry and you have no doubt, I believe you will be one of the biggest, most successful brands that everybody will want to take part and participate in. And I can't wait to see the day that when we pull up to a cafe ride with all of the guys and girls that we hang with. We sit down and most of us or all of us are wearing U-Dog kits and especially the shoes. I'm very excited for it, Alberto. And I'm passionate about your brand now. I'm passionate about your success and I want to make sure everybody knows about it. So how can people find you? Where do they find U-Dog? Where do they find or connect with you or the company? Of course, uh, we are a direct-to-consumer brand. So uh, it's very easy to, to connect uh, with us. Uh, you can find on, uh, first of all, in uh, our home, that is our website, udog.cc, uh, and uh, through our social channels. We, being authentic, uh, we have built a very strong community, not only on on Instagram or Facebook, where the, but uh, we put a lot of energy to build a strong community, a strong cycling club on Strava. That is, we believe is our one of our one of our place for people that try the bike, and we are here to connect uh, with people because we are uh, product driven and and consumer focused. That is that uh, where we start. I mean, when we start designing this shoe, we really start from the people Beautiful. that is going to use it, that is going to buy it, 
we want to target at a certain price point with certain features because we wanted to provide it to our consumer at the right price. So a smart product. Yeah. And again, there that's a beautiful shoe. I'm so glad you pulled it up again. Check it out on the website, folks, udog.cc. udog.cyclingclub, if you have to remember it that way, but cc, udog.cc. Look at the shoes, understand the technology that goes into it. You'll find out very quickly why I'm very passionate about this company's success. I believe in the concept of wrapping the metatarsal. I'm a big sports guy. I'm a, I'm a B-kin guy, kinesiology. I get it. I used to be a meathead bodybuilder, power lifter. I love sprinting and things like that. But I understand that sometimes shoes and skates and boots aren't made the way that they need to work for the foot. This concept is evolutionary for shoes, for cycling, especially for the average cyclist to those high level performance cyclists, this is going to be something you're going to see more and more around the industry. Alberto is just smart enough to be one of the first and yet make it look really classic. So it looks like it's been around for a long time. Alberto, I just want to just say thank you so much for spending time with me on the podcast to share with the empowered community, to inspire other empowered entrepreneurs. And hopefully not that this is a product showcase, but hopefully a lot of people get excited about you dog shoes and the cycling club and become part of your community. I am shamelessly and selfishly telling everybody I am a big follower of you dog in case you didn't figure it out. I've recently jumped on their Strava. Uh, I'm in there, but I'm not riding outside yet. So I'm not posting my indoor rides, <laughs> but once the summer weather hits, you'll start to see more of that. And I should be wearing my U dogs by then. Alberto, I mean, thank, thank you for thank, your time, my friend. Pat, thank you, Patrick, for having me. It's been, I really enjoyed the podcast and I really enjoyed talking with you. It's my pleasure, my pleasure. Thank you very much. And folks, you will understand that Alberto is a brand ambassador for his own brand, but he's also been successful in history and in life and other brands. And he's passionate about what he does, no matter what he does and where he does it. If you're a passionate entrepreneur uh, or executive and you're looking to grow your business and succeed, consider checking out empoweredentrepreneur.ca and our peer groups. You might really enjoy the concept of having other great-minded entrepreneurs around you to help you challenge yourself, to help you get past the challenges you're having. So Empowered Entrepreneur Peer Groups are a way that we help give back and we work together to make a difference. We have lots of curated content. We have monthly meetings where we get together with other entrepreneurs to solve those challenges. It's better to have 10 brains working on your problem than just your own. And we also have incredible sessions like our expert series webinars. And we have those sort of coaching sessions where we help each other get better. So if you want to be an empowered entrepreneur like Alberto, consider looking at empoweredentrepreneur.ca and check out our peer groups. Alberto, thank you so much for your time today. I love having you on the podcast. I love this. We're going to get the video out. We're going to get the podcast out. And we're going to make sure that everybody knows about you, dog, or at least everybody that I can help influence. Thank you so much for your time, Alberto. And we'll chat soon. Thank you so much again. Hey, sports fans, players, parents, coaches. There's only one thing to be said about youth amateur sports. That is, love your sports experience. RosterLogix is a sports management, registration, and payments platform developed by coaches and parents to increase trust, transparency, communications, and compliance so you can focus on what matters most and love your sports experience. 
If you want a better sports experience, check out rosterlogics.com with an X. That's R-O-S-T-E-R-L-O-G-I-X.com. Rosterlogics.com for a better sports experience. NFTs are hot. What's more exciting is where NFTs are going and what else they can do. NFTs don't have to be simple little JPEGs or digital images. Utility, my friends, that is the next big thing for NFTs and crypto. Meaning, what can you do with NFTs? What will they unlock for you? And what will they give you access to? Well, NFX company, the non-fungible experience company, is changing that. They are the future of NFTs by including experiences and collectibles for the NFX community. Discover the future of NFTs at nfxco.com. That's nfxco.com. Empowered. A Blue Mex podcast is hosted by Patrick McGuire and does not constitute a recommendation for any organization, product, or service. Empowered podcast may be compensated by sponsors, products, or services in this show. For more empowered content, subscribe where you get your podcasts and visit bluemex.io to join us on Discord.